third item is leading change, which is just inherent in leadership. You're, you're trying to push an organization, a team, a person to a better place, depending on whatever the environment is. You know, the environment's going to somewhat dictate to what the better place is, and then those are the things out of your control. Then you're going to have things that are under your control from those perspectives, but change is not easy. By human nature, we don't like change right. in general. We like our comfort zones. There's fear. There's the unknown about where we're going. Will we actually get there? Will it really be a better place? You know, there's just a, a lot of question marks that are involved. Right. And you have to be comfortable living in the gray and living somewhat in the unknown and be a positive person in doing that right. and inspiring people to keep keep going. So far, you know, the, the tea leaves are saying it is going to be a better place and let's keep going from that perspective. So if you're not comfortable in embracing the unknown and embracing fear a little bit, then it's going to be an uphill struggle for you to be a leader. Right. At least an effective one. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. podcast. I'm your co-host Zach Levy and with me as always is our other amazing co-host Andy McDowell. Andy, good to see you this morning. Good to see you as well on this thunderous day. If you hear any noise in the background, it's just... Uh, That's just the world clapping for the value we generate. Oh, okay. There you go. I like that. <laughs> Maybe a stretch, but I tried. So... Hey, it works. So we're going to talk today about common challenges that leaders face. This is mostly slanted towards business leaders as opposed to leaders in in life. Not, well, not to say they wouldn't have these uh, challenges as well at times, but I think well, I think most of it's focused towards business. Business or organizational leaders. Yes. So for sure. So, I mean, you know, Andy, you and I have both led businesses, led teams, in different facets, mm -hmm. right? And I, I love this topic because it doesn't matter how long somebody's been in the game, we continue to face these day in and day out. 
right? We can get better at dealing with them. The world hasn't changed so much. No, people really haven't. Leadership is totally different. You know, I I talk to people like, people have changed. They really haven't. No. I talk to leaders that have been in the leadership game for 40 years, and we sit down and they kind of lay out how how they deal with these challenges and then, you know, take that and apply it to today's world and people react the same way. Right. We all still want the same basic things. People still want the seen, heard, felt, cared for, nurtured, right? Still human nature. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and dig in. So number one, of course, and we've talked about leadership versus management and everything like that. So actually digging into true leadership. And that's why I brought up organizational, not just business. Because for example, if you're leading a volunteer army, that's the purest form of leadership. If you don't have a paycheck to wave in front of somebody or benefits to wave right. in front of somebody. Right. So, you know, even more so in that facet, but even in business, I mean, number one is really providing an inspiration for them to get behind. We've talked about getting the getting the team behind the why. Right? Right. So with that being said, when 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 things get tough or, you know, difficult in business, the leaders who the who everybody looks to to say, okay, what do we do now? What keeps us pushing through? Mm-hmm. Day in and day out, being able to, as I say, grab their heart to keep that inspiration in, you know, in the forefront of their mind. So, Andy, from your experience and how you coach business leaders, I mean, what would you say is a key to you know making sure that you identify and help people stay inspired? Well, the the biggest item is being able to connect the reason that they're there with the goals of the company or the organization. And, and by that, I mean they've made the decision to come be a part of your organization. And so, therefore, they want to contribute some value, use their skills, talents, time, to contribute to the cause, so to speak, with the value they're going to deliver, and they want to be recognized for that. And that's a core ingredient to have somebody feel inspired. You know, you still got to connect to the why, you still got to connect to the reason that the company's there and the reason that you're doing certain activities. But even if you do all those things but don't show show how that individual team member is going to contribute to that you you're not going to deliver much inspiration to them for one thing you might start questioning why are they there if i don't know how i'm contributing value it's not recognized and therefore i don't feel like i'm part of something that's bigger than myself some kind of cause some kind of movement within the world, no matter how big or small, then they're not going to get inspired. It's not going to help them to get out of bed in the morning and get in the car, go to the office, spend 40 plus hours out of their week contributing to something that they don't get recognized for. They don't understand how their work is contributing 
to the cause, goals, et cetera, for the company, they're not going to be inspired. Right. At best, you're going to get just punching a clock. I mean, I've surveyed a lot of people and asked them, okay, well, why do you do what you do? Well, it's a paycheck. Mm -hmm. That means leadership has done a terrible job at identifying the right people and inspiring others because the minute another opportunity that looks shinier comes along, they'll probably take it. And they probably don't want to deliver the most value that they can to the organization. It's like, why, why am I going to, quote, bust my butt, end quote? Right. To do all this work when it's not appreciated and I don't understand how, you know, what I deliver is helping anything. But am I just working for the sake of working with no end result? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of nice to get a paycheck out of that if that's the case, but... I want some more meaning here for myself, for my spirit, for my soul, for my life. And I think we're seeing more and more people recognizing that with the great resignation. They've been putting up with it. Now they're saying no more. I mean, the stats on this that we pulled, 90% of workers and employees say they would trade extra pay benefits, things like that for more meaning in what they do. Right. It's, it all comes down to meaning. It all comes down to, I mean, what value do they generate? Right. What fulfillment do they get? Yeah. You got to say some words. You got to communicate. You got to be appreciative with your words. And if you feel like a, a particular person is not really delivering a whole lot of value, even though you might have shown them where their work has meaning, mm-hmm. it still doesn't state whether or not they're actually living up to their potential. That's a whole other leadership issue. Right. But if you're trying to garner in- inspiration, you've got to give their job some meaning. Right. Meaning to themselves and meaning to the company and how their contribution is to the company. So the recognition is for themselves. Mm-hmm. And being able to demonstrate the work that they do and how it fits in the strategy and those kinds of things is brings meaning to the company. Right. So you got to have both. So inspiration is most definitely huge. And at the end of this, summarize everything because I definitely feel like it. there's one overarching theme, but we will get to that. But digging into the second point, and this is probably <laughs> one of my favorite things to do. Well, we've got so many episodes on this topic. Right. (laughs) Developing others. We've talked about before the true role of a leader is to develop other leaders. So, you know, I've I've always said, you know, leadership, leaders aren't born, they're developed. Right. Of course, other people can have a leg up. They can have have a certain knack for it. They gravitate towards it. I mean, I'm somebody that has always gravitated towards leadership, you know, even outside of my work. And so with that being said that it's, it's a leadership is a developed and learned trait, Mm -hmm. right? Somebody, again, somebody can have more raw talent there or raw ability, but it still has to be developed. So a lot of times people in leadership positions 
I think see themselves more as management where, okay, here, I'm going to tell you what to do and just go do it. Right. And then wonder see why it's sign, not getting sign, done. Sign on my door that's accountability and authority and a title. and Right. That means I get to tell you what to do and I'm going to tell you what to do and go do what I tell you to do and everything will be hunky-dory. Right. And I think one of the biggest, biggest pieces, especially corporate, and I think this is changing in corporate culture, but one of the biggest pieces so much of business has missed is, and it you know, ties right in with insp- inspiration, but digging in with your people, mm-hmm. right? Like sitting, taking time to listen and learn about them and what makes them tick and what their goals, what their wants, what their whys are and where they want to get to. Because some people... You might look at somebody and say they're going to be the next CEO of this company, but that might not be their why. It depends on how you look at the employee, right? right. Are you you're hiring somebody for a particular skill set, and they come in, and all you're concerned about is did they show up today? Yep, they're in their chair. Okay, I expect them to accomplish A, B, and C today. And right, if that gets accomplished, that's all. That's all good. And it's a 24-hour journey, mm-hmm. so to speak. Or is it they walk in the first day and it's a a journey of many days, mm-hmm. many years, and you're somewhat part of a family here. And so in the first week or two, I'm going to sit down with you and start digging in as to what are your goals, aspirations here? How is this company a good fit for those? I mean, hopefully some of that was part of the interview conversation, but just to peel the layers of the onion back even more to start figuring out, okay, let's assume you're going to be here many years, Mm -hmm. part of your career journey. Let's put, at least have some conversation, if not put down some words on a piece of paper about the long range plan. Right. And, Part of that plan is a game plan to get the person there. Okay, you need to have this skill or talent that you don't have today, or you have it, but it needs to be stronger. You know, those type conversations. and Or you need experience, time logged in, doing these kinds of activities before you can reach this level. It's all different for every industry and mm-hmm. every company, but it should be the responsibility of the supervisor to have those type conversations and develop their it's not a case if you have 2,000 employees at a company, those 2,000 are always going to be there. No. <laughs> right? So there's opportunity for growth, opportunity for promotion from within. As people retire or leave the company for whatever reason, you need to fill seats. Right. You have to make the decision, do you need to hire in or can I promote from within? And mm-hmm. promote from within is going to be heavily dependent upon whether you've been building your people up or not. Right. You can't put... 100% of that onus on the employee. No. I mean, you've got to... That's, that's, you've, that's you've a plan for able, failure. <laughs> you've got to be able to create an incubator. Mm-hmm. Your environment has got to be positive enough and not necessarily exciting. It depends on what industry you're in, how exciting it can actually be. <laughs> sure. But create an incubator for for self-development, for growth opportunities and things like that. 
And then it also goes back to that'll help inspire people because they feel bigger part of what you are as an organization. Mm-hmm. So. Let's move on to the third one. Uh, if you want more conversation about the last one, but point you to other episodes that we've right. done because we've talked about this subject quite Probably a bit. Probably ad nauseum now. Well, anyway, third item is leading change, which is just inherent in leadership. You're, you're trying to push an organization, a team, a person to a better place, depending on whatever the environment is. You know, the environment's going to somewhat dictate to what the better place is, and then those are the things out of your control. Then you can have things that are under your control from those perspectives. But change is not easy. By human nature, we don't like change right. in general. We like our comfort zones. There's fear. There's the unknown about where we're going. Will we actually get there? Will it really be a better place? You know, there's just a a lot of question marks that are involved. And you have to be comfortable living in the gray and living somewhat in the unknown and be a positive person in doing that and inspiring people to keep, keep going. So far, you know, the the tea leaves are saying it is going to be a better place and let's keep going from that perspective. So if you're not comfortable embracing the unknown and embracing fear a little bit, then it's going to be an uphill struggle for you to be a leader. Right. At least an effective one. And embrace the change. And this goes back to... When you're talking about development and inspiration, it's all talking and building with with your people, being in the trenches with them, mm-hmm. getting to know them on an individual basis, things like that. Reassuring them. Right. And so when, when change comes, I mean, most people get into routine. We're habitual creatures, mm-hmm. right? Most people get into routine. And if you even get the wind blowing the wrong way, they start to freak out a little bit, whether they show it or not. Right. And so having, we've talked about this before, having an open communication channel to where people feel comfortable talking to you as a leader is going to have them bought in that much more and have them tied to you. Right. Create that loyalty. And so when that change comes, embrace it yourself, but expect to have some, you know, some pushback or some people talking to you that they're scared and Take it as a blessing. If you have people coming to you saying, you know, Andy, I'm scared. This is really scary for me. That means you've created the right environment, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, as a leader, what you can't do in those situations, I've, you know, there's been some changes in my organization lately that I've had to lead people through, just changing the way we do things, getting, you know, more getting with the times, things like that, keeping up or getting ahead, really. And people have come to me. They said, you know, Zach, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with this. This is really scary. I like the old way. I like, you know, and how effective would I be as a leader if I said, you're wrong. This is better. Just completely shutting them down. Mm -hmm. Is that going to strengthen those cords that tie us together? Is that going to cut some cords? Right. We've always talked about people, whether they be leaders, what human beings, period. I don't care what position they hold. 
They want two major things. They want to be seen and heard, which means validated, right? So be there for them, validate their feelings and hear them out. And then take a minute, process how they're feeling, empathize with them, put put yourself in their shoes and then be able to guide them through that, right? You can almost apply some sales topics to leadership, right? Because all it is when it comes to change, and this isn't simplifying, this is simplifying it to make it more understandable. But when somebody gives you, I'm scared of change, it's just like a sales objection. Mm -hmm. You've got to hear them out, acknowledge, agree, overcome, and be able to walk them through that. Yeah. I mean, the the whole business I built within Boeing was centered around change. So it wasn't the thing that we were battling, can't speak battling Battling. that we were battling (laughs) within the marketplace was trying to help governments bring gps into flight and ground operations as a as a tool for navigation and we were doing it in a in an industry you know air traffic management for 50 plus years have been doing it a certain way so if you can imagine you've been doing it that long from the start of it through the 50, 60, whatever plus years, you've been working on processes and working with those techno- technology items for so long. It's like we've got it in a really good spot. Why are we going to change this? It works. The system works. But the reality was that they had, they had pushed the desires out of the system as far as they could, but there was room for more with GPS. Mm-hmm. But when working with uh, air traffic controllers, you want to talk about routine. I mean, from right. a safety perspective, they needed the routine because right. it ensured certain yeah. levels of safety, right? That's so, already one of the highest stress jobs that exist. Yeah. So when you start coming in and saying, no, we want to bring GPS on board, it's on, you know, we have the equipment on the airplanes and the benefits of it are, you're going to fly with more accuracy than what you're flying today. You're going to be able to actually pinpoint the exact location the plane is for the air traffic controller. Because with radar and everything, there's a margin of error. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they were building big buffers between airplanes because of those errors. When you come in and say, well, we're going to help reduce those buffers significantly with GPS. It's like, I don't really want to do this. This is so much work and, having to learn, you know, was inherently change. Mm -hmm. So you sort of had to take baby steps and do a bunch of demonstrations. And we eventually got to a point where using it on a regular basis, air traffic controllers were like, don't you dare take my GPS away. This stuff is great. Mm -hmm. It's phenomenal. It actually decreases my workload, makes it even easier now that we've pushed through the change. And so if, if you're going to be a leader inspiring that kind of change, you have to be, just like you said, you have to, you have to fight the attitudes. You have to fight, you know, this is going to be, put us in a better spot. And you just, you know, I'm going to walk with you. We're going to do this step by step by step and ensure that levels of safety don't erode. Right. While we do this and gain more experience and knowledge with the technology, but... I want you guys and gals to walk with me mm-hmm. on this and make it happen. And it it took a while, it took a long while, but got it there. 
but you got to, with all the naysayers in the room and throwing darts at you at the front of the room, you got to be able to stand up there and say, no, we need to do this. It's all going to be okay. And say some words that's going to inspire people and find the common enemy and, you know, the common goal that everybody's going to work on and explain the why over and over and over again. What is their why? Through the whole process, you know, not just once, but through the whole process. What is their why and how is this going to help them achieve it better? Right. Right. Which gets us to our next point, which is pretty much different perspectives, which otherwise known as conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. This is always going to be present somewhere within organizations. We can't get around it. We can't get over it. We can't get under it. It's going to happen. We just have to learn how to deal with it. Somebody's going to say something that they mean well. Somebody takes it the wrong way or, you know, it can just come down to policy. Even just. I think it should be done this way. No, I think it should be done this way. Well, this gets down into leadership styles, right? right. Is everything by consensus? Uh, I'm the sheriff and I have the badge on my shirt and I'll listen to your arguments and I'll make a decision or, you know, this gets down into corporate cultures as well. How, how is all this going to happen? And what does, what does the company support? Right. And, I think you have some have to have something built into your systems for conflict resolution because mm-hmm. it's going to happen. You've got to have a plan for it and you've got to have a, a space to be able to, you know, almost moderate or mediate employee to employee conflicts or management to employee conflicts as a leader. You've got to be able to put yourself in a space to say, okay, let's come together. Let's powwow. Let's work this out together. And you facilitate it. Mm -hmm. So it really comes down to that. And we can keep revolving back going to knowing each employee will help you do that. Well, I guess it gets back to emotional safety, Right. right? You may not have a lot of conflict, but in your regular dealings with your team members and so forth, if you're providing emotional safety and how you address the team as a whole and how you individually deal with uh, members Mm -hmm. of your team when it comes to a conflict if you've already sort of established that environment or culture within your team people are going to be much more okay with sitting down with you and let you facilitate you know that conversation if you if you create a very different kind of environment then a you may not even know there is a conflict you know maybe happening out in the parking lot instead of in the office because they're going to try and figure out a way to resolve it on themselves instead of bringing you right mr or mrs leader who's the sheriff and not providing that emotional safety it's like we got to do this away from the boss because neither one of us may like the answer right you know so you know that's employee to employee but Here's the thing as a leader, you're not always going to make everybody happy. No. Oh. <laughs> so there's going to be comfortable with that. Yeah, there's going to be times where there's conflict conflict. Well, we can't talk today. Welcome no. to the Generate Your Value podcast where we don't know English. Here. But there's going to be conflict when you make decisions. It's just part of leadership. So when somebody mm-hmm. comes to you and says, I have a problem with this, how do you deal with it? It goes back to the same way as developing people to any of the other topics. It's validating how they feel. Mm-hmm. And then 
you know, figuring out, okay, do I keep on the same course? Do I change my approach? Do we talk about it? You know, because as a leader, if you're making decisions steering the boat, they might not see the bigger perspective. So, you know, compromise isn't always an option. Yeah, and I think the the two important things to do it is when when you make your decision, first of all, acknowledge and thank for their participation and honesty and mm-hmm. so forth and make them feel seen right. and heard. But then second, make sure you explain the why behind your decision. Very you much. Know, I've so. heard I've heard both both sides, but I'm going with persons A. Right opinion on this because I feel like it's in the best interest of the team. It's in the best interest of the company, given its goals. You know, there's probably 10 different reasons you can give, but you got to be able to explain the why behind it. You'll get better buy-in as opposed to just saying, I've made a decision and here it is. And then you walk away. It's just right. Like, you know, like I don't, I don't understand you're not going to get engagement. Well, going back to inspiring to the decision. You just got to go back bad. to inspiring people. Yeah. Right. And it really comes down to that and validating and being there with your people. So moving into the next topic, mm-hmm. I want to take, I want to you know start this one off because something I'm very, very familiar with on a personal level that I dealt with for a long time is um, how to handle or deal with imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. So some people, I mean, a lot of people might not, might not know what imposter syndrome is. So touch on that for a minute. It just basically means that you're in a leadership position or a position of some power or authority or something like that. And your subconscious is telling you, well, this is your past. You don't deserve to be here, basically, right? Your subconscious is making up some excuse as to why you're not worthy of that position, that title, that authority. Ego's involved. Right. Negative ego. So, you know, we've talked about inflated ego. This is the opposite. It can also affect us this way, Mm -hmm. right? So it's basically coming to lacking confidence and therefore not fulfilling what what your potential could be. Well, it's basically hiding or covering up something. Right. You feel like you have to be a certain way in order to cover up feelings, emotions, thoughts, Somehow your shame is going to be involved. Judgment's going to be mm-hmm. involved. You know, it's probably two or three other items I could throw out there. Those are the two that come to mind where you feel like you have to be a certain way to feel like you're going to be successful. You're going to get the outcome that you're looking for and so forth. So you're trying to control the situation as much as you can. Right. In an, in an effort to have a certain result and therefore you're not going to be yourself. Right. And some some issues that can cause this, too, is a lot of leaders think they have to be a certain certain thing. They have to be a omnipresent, omnipotent Man, being. Corporate culture may be driving it. Right. And so, you know, as a leader, you might step into a leadership position and think, okay, you've got to be an expert on all things. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to ask for help. You're not allowed to ask for advice. You ha- When somebody asks you a question, you have to give them an answer, which actually can be more of a detriment and make you look like an idiot and lose credibility as well. Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen. Another piece is kind of on the same note. A lot of leaders may feel like they have to do it 100% on their own. Right. They, you know, it's, it's, 
if it's got to be, it's up to me, period, end of report. I can't ask for help because if I ask for help, I look like a weak leader. Yeah, I saw a tweet, was it last week, that somebody was putting forth the idea that a leader should be transparent to the team as to what things they're working on and trying Mm -hmm. to grow into, which I thought was, yeah, that's an original idea. Yeah. Hadn't really thought about that. Thought a lot about uh, about it in terms of conversations with your supervisor or a mentor, but laying that out in front of a team, that's an interesting idea. Still noodling on it. So, so another piece a lot of leaders feel, okay, I've got to be perfect. I can't slip. I can't make a single mistake. Right. We're human beings. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Well, you can do the same thing as a parent. I can't right. make a mistake on my child. We, we, we all are human beings. We're going to make mistakes. The, the question is, what do you do after you make the mistake? That's the real question. Right. Are you transparent about it? Did you learn anything from it? Do you, does that adjust how you make decisions in the future right. to improve? And so I think the biggest thing the, for me personally that helped me deal with this was Exactly what I just said is I quit taking myself so seriously, (laughs) you know, just let myself be myself and lead with my natural ability, but at the same time, continue to develop myself every single day, whether it be books, audios, practices, whatever, but then also realizing, okay, I'm actually doing better as a leader. If I go ask for help, I'm getting the right answers. If I ask for the right answers, if I know I don't have them. Well, it says you're looking for a particular result and right. you're willing to go out to your village, so to speak, to gain some insight or help in right. helping you achieve that. To me, that's leadership. Right. It's, again, going back to dropping that ego mm-hmm. and and being vulnerable. People are going to follow that more than they will a I'm perfect attitude anyways. Because mm-hmm. people are like, oh, they're human too. <laughs> So I think that'll help a ton if you're dealing with that. But for all of us, man, you know, in a business model, we're all managing. I mean, we're leading, but we also have to manage processes at the same time. Sure. Yeah, there's still the minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day kind of activities that you need to Mm -hmm. do. They just come with the territory with the job. But just like I, I always say, for business owners and so forth is you got to find some white space to work on your business instead of always being in it and the tactical mm-hmm. things. It's the same way if you're within management or executive management within a company is that you got to find that white space to, to work on your business, work on your people and those type things and out of the day-to-day nitty-gritty emails video calls, whatever right. kinds of things, you've got to manage your calendar such that you have time to spend time with mm-hmm. your people, work on your people, work on your business, the strategic side of it, as much as your responsibility will allow Right. from that perspective. All right, last item, what everybody thinks of, you got to manage a team. Right. And inherently, when you hear the word leader, I mean, there's an argument for it that you have to have people that you're leading to be a leader. But 
that's the common viewpoint, right? If you're a leader that, that denotes you've got people, mm-hmm. people that are working for you, that you've got to, you got to manage their activities, you got to decide who's going to be on the team, whether they should stay on the team, how are they collaborating together, right. their individual goals, their individual work, and how they, all that contributes to the team. Well, and going back to what we've been saying, you've got to get in the trenches with them. You've got to collaborate with them. Create that emotional safety and trust, right? Because right. the higher the higher you get up in the ranks within the company, trust becomes a huge issue. Right. Right. Because you're all going to have people further down the structure of your company that are going to have natural cynicism towards high up leaders that you've got to overcome anyways. Yeah, but if you you look at a corporation that's got two thousand employees and you got a team of customer service reps sitting in a cubicle with a headphone and a telephone answering customer calls and so forth, and you're the executive VP of operations, you might have two, three, four, five layers of leaders between you and that individual person. You've got to have an inherent trust. Mm-hmm. So sitting in that person's cubicle all the time watching what they're doing, you've got to assume that your whole chain of command, you're trusting a whole set of leaders that are going to do the right things to make sure that they have the right tools to do mm-hmm. the job, they're doing their job effectively, et cetera, et cetera. If you're a micromanager, that right. that's that's a lot of emotional work for you to right. have that kind of trust level from that perspective. But that's part of leadership and managing a team is I trust that those that are underneath me also in leadership have skills, the talents, the qualities of being a leader. Mm -hmm. And I've given them the mentorship and the right tools and develop their skills and talents to be effective leaders such that all that's going to do is increase my trust and comfort and I can focus on my daily stuff instead of always right. having to go fix things underneath underneath you because leaders aren't doing what aren't doing what they should be doing for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Which may be a direct result of your leadership or it may be just a direct result of their own leadership. Well that's the most common ones. You could probably well, add, uh, I don't know, four, five, six, seven others onto that that aren't that may come along in your leadership journey, but right. they're not the common ones that you're dealing with all the time. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for all of those, the overarching theme I was talking about, is there's a you know there's a verse that says, "Without vision, the people will perish." Mm-hmm. Right. So as a leader, you've got to have vision. And you've got to be able to inspire people to get behind that vision, see themselves as part of something bigger than themselves. Right. And really with that, if you have those ties and create that trust, it'll solve all the other issues. Building relationships, getting to know your people, creating trust, and very first having a vision to build that around. Yeah, and I think um, this period with COVID and the pandemic and so forth has put more of an accentuation or importance on some of those things that right. have sort of gone by the wayside or people weren't paying attention to it or they just sort of, and yeah, it's just the way it is kind of attitude. Right. I think more and more people saying, hold on, wait a second. 
It really needs to be something different. We need to do something about it. It's a good sign. It is. So with that, we thank you for taking your time to join us today. Again, time is your most valuable asset. So thank you for spending it with us. We pray that it was a time investment, that it generated value for you that you can take and compound. And as always, follow us by hitting that subscribe button. So, <laughs> but uh, give us a share if you know somebody that this would really apply to, that they're going through any of these, dealing with any of these in their business or organization. That way we can continue to generate more value in this world. So once again, we'll be back next Tuesday. Actually have a, um, a guest. We have a guest coming on the show next week. Pretty exciting guest, I think. I hope you'll tune in for it. Have a great week. Have a great day. I'm hoping the weather's a lot better in your part of the world than it is for us today, but that's the way the world runs. And we especially appreciate the fact that you took your time today to listen to this episode. And if you know of others that might get some benefit out of it, please share at least this particular episode, if not the whole podcast, so they might get something out of it too. So with that being said, have a great day and take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.